Are you paying too much for processing credit cards? Do you find the options for choosing the right system totally complex and confusing? The best system is one that is custom made for your business. And today we help you understand the basics of credit card smarts. Are you gonna make it happen today? Or will you just settle for another delay? Come on, you gotta make it happen now. Come on, you gotta make it happen now. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Greg Robbins, and today we chat with Kubera's Chris Browse, an expert in credit card processing for salons, spas, and barbershops. Let's swipe over to the conversation now. Hey Chris, it's great to have you here on the program, our second episode. Uh, thanks for joining us. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Well, thanks so much for having me, Greg. I really appreciate it. Uh, I am the CEO of Kubera Payments Corporation. I've been in the uh, payment processing space since 2007, uh, first at a company called VersaPay, uh, and then uh, at a company called Kubera, where I'm one of the founding partners and shareholder. Nice. And you're based right here in British Columbia, is that right? That's correct. Our head office for Kubera Payments payments is in Vancouver. But I actually uh, moved up to Nelson a few years ago. So I'm up in nestled in the Kootenai Mountains and uh, love it up here, but spend quite a bit of time in Vancouver as well. Very nice. So you're local, people can get a hold of you if need be, and you're in the area code and the time zone. So that's always helpful, right? That's true. And our team are, are all across um, British Columbia. So in addition to our proud partnership with the Beauty Council, we're also recommended by the BC Chamber of Commerce and the BC Restaurant and Food Services Association to their members. Um, and our uh, um, agents and representatives are uh, spread across the province, but mostly in the lower mainland. Perfect. Well, we consider ourselves kind of close to restaurants because we are a customer-facing industry and we have a variety of services and products that we sell. So it's good to be connected with you. So let's just give me give us a basic outline. Like what is sort of the the right payment system? Like how can it enhance just in really broad terms the customer experience and how can it streamline operations and how can it positively impact revenue just in a really high level way? Well, that's a great question. Um, thank you. So first, I would like to note uh, that there is a separation between the point of sale software system that a business might use for customer management and product management and the payments component of their business needs. Some solutions offer an integration between a point of sale and customer and product management system as well as the payments component. Some systems are just the payments component. Uh, and depending on what the right fit for your business are, uh, businesses, you, you know, you're going to find that some combination between the two components is going to be critical to your long-term success. So in terms of the significance of the right payment system, I would say that when working with customers, studies have shown that businesses earn more revenue when they accept multiple payment types aside from just cash. So if you picture yourself, you know, walking into um, uh, any retail establishment that, that you might go to and they say, oh, I'm sorry, you know, we only accept cash. Well, that might limit what you're willing to purchase that day. So if you're, uh, you know, for example, a little tight on cash that month, you might find, hey, you know what, I'm not going to go for um, a cut and a color today. I'm, I'm just going to go with a cut because I don't have as much cash 
uh, in hand as I as I would like to. Uh, and so that can limit uh, the spending that um, a customer is, is willing to do. When you accept credit card, you open up the opportunity for customers to increase their total spend. Uh, so they might walk out that day with a cut of color and product um, because uh, they're in a position to do so because you're offering them multiple payment options. So although there's some costs associated with credit card and debit card acceptance, by offering options aside from just cash, uh, studies have demonstrated that businesses uh, earn more total revenue uh, despite the, 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 the fact that there can be some costs associated with that. Another thing to keep in mind is you want to have a payment system in place that's going to suit the unique requirements of your operation. So for example, if you are just starting out and you're doing some nails on the side, you might be looking for a solution that has no setup costs, no hardware costs, um, no monthly fees, just a system where if people want to pay with credit card, you have the ability to accept that credit card from them. And there's some really great virtual solutions like that that have apps that can run on your phone that allow you to accept payments from people who who, who are interested in paying uh, using uh, that sort of a method. And then as your business continues to grow, uh, you might look at options that connect to your phone or you might look at, you know, standalone payments terminals. And then for even larger organizations that, you know, might be a full service salon, you know, they might be looking for something that's a countertop feature that might have a cash drawer and a barcode scanner to support the sale of their products. So from a business perspective, identifying your unique requirements is a really important thing. There's no one size fits all solution uh, because uh, every business has its own special unique needs and requirements. And so making sure that there's a system in place that's going to be a fit for them uh, is, is really, really critical as a first step. Uh, there's a lot of uh, things to consider when you're implementing a customer management system, a point of sale software and a payment software system. And so we always recommend talking to an expert first to identify what your unique needs are, what you'd like to see in place that'll help you manage your unique operation in a way that's going to help you see the most amount of success. And of course, you know, limiting cost is critical. So putting a solution in place that's going to meet your financial needs and expectations is important as well. You don't want to, you know, come in with a solution that has too many bells and whistles that you're not going to use and aren't going to be valuable for you because you're going to end up paying more than you need to. But you also want to set yourself up for success as your business continues to grow. Awesome. So it sounds to me like customization is key. There really is no one size fits all. It's like you just don't go buy uh, one piece of equipment and it's going to work from you from your early days as a part-time you know, professional to perhaps owning an operation with two or three staff and, and having uh, considerations like staff, whatever, um, employee uh, details that you've got to deal with. So customization is really where it's at. One thing you did mention was sort of like the fees and how they can impact the whole decision-making process. Can you just talk a little bit about what kind of different fee structures there are, like flat, interchange, and tiered rates. Let me just describe uh, to everybody how, how that works and what the different formats and costs can be. Absolutely. So uh, the first thing that you need to think about is hardware. So depending on the nature of your requirements, there may be some hardware as a component to your deployment. So we talked a little bit about um, virtual terminal systems that you could potentially manage without any hardware. Those are really great tools 
But generally speaking, those would be for people who are more entering into the marketplace as opposed to more established operations. Uh, so the first thing to think about is what's the hardware that we need? Do we want a, um, a sort of a reader that attaches to our phone? Do we want a payments terminal that comes complete with a printer? Do we want a countertop solution that includes a barcode scanner and a printer and a cash drawer? Uh, what are we doing and, and what do we need? Because that's going to be an important first component of your deployment considerations. Uh, the next thing that you need to think about is uh, cost associated with software and payment processing pricing. So depending on what sort of systems and tools you're looking to implement, there's sometimes monthly software as a service fees or SaaS fees, as they're called, for access to the different software solutions that are available. Those are the sort of software solutions we talked about that include things like uh, client communications and marketing, scheduling, time clock functionality, uh, payroll sort of functionality, uh, inventory management functionality, those sort of things. Uh, in terms of credit card processing fees specifically, there are a few different ways that organizations in the payment space can price credit cards. Uh, one that people are most familiar with is something called a fixed or basket rate solution. That would be familiar to people who are using systems like Stripe or PayPal or Square, where there's a uh, base rate that is offered to customers. Usually that uh, base rate is based on the type of payment acceptance. So whether it's a card present transaction, like a tap transaction or a chip and pin transaction or a keyed transaction, there's usually discrepancies between what those uh, rate packages look like, as well as for foreign cards. There's often uh, discrepancies there, but fundamentally you're getting a closer to cost certainty with a solution like that. The next sort of option would be tiered rate solution where there's a base rate, but then there's a non-qualified card type interchange surcharges. So that is a pricing model that tends to be a little less transparent for merchants than a uh, basket rate um, or, a, or a fixed fee rate package. And then there's an interchange plus model, which is a more transparent pricing model, but it is a variable rate package. So what that means is Visa and MasterCard charge what's called interchange. That's the hard cost from the payment brand networks um, for using different cards, processing different cards on their network. Uh, so that interchange rate varies based on the card that's processed. It varies based on the business that the client is in. Uh, and it varies based on the way the transaction is processed. So card present or card not present. And this is publicly available information. So anyone who's interested in learning more about interchange can go and Google Visa Interchange Canada, MasterCard Interchange Canada. Um, and they'll, they'll uh, be able to locate PDF documents that outline all the different interchange rates that are currently available for all the different card types and processing types. But for example, let's say that a card uh, costs 1.7% uh, to process. Uh, an Interchange Plus model will have an interchange surcharge on top of that 1.7%. So for example, uh, Interchange Plus 0.25% uh, would make that card that costs 1.7% from Visa and MasterCard to process uh, cost the merchant 1.95% to process. Interchange Plus pricing is a variable rate model, but a little bit more transparent and easy to understand than a tiered rate model. The flat fee model is the, the most easy to understand, but usually ends up working out to being more expensive because uh, in the end, uh, processors who are charging a flat rate are going to be augmenting those interchange costs by a certain amount 
so that they can earn the the, the spread, the, the revenue component for them is between what interchange is and what that flat they charge. Those are the three main models. Thanks. Uh, so some of those words are, you know, those chunks of phrases are kind of complex. Um, so they, I can see how people can get intimidated or sort of get lost in, in the models. I do want to look at though real quick uh, interchange fees because there is a real trend in our industry to kind of use what's called a cost plus model to reduce money being lost in color application. So essentially, uh, many of our of our members are using tools like Salon Scale or Vish to pour product into a system that can actually weigh it, cost it, and then charge the client accordingly. It's also very fair for the client. So it's a lot like getting your car fixed where you have your parts and your labor, and it breaks those out into two parts. And so when you look at your bill, you, you feel as though the, you know, what you've been charged, which can sometimes be a lot, at least what you're doing is you're just paying for what it is that was done to your car and the parts that were added. So to me, the interchange kind of feels the same. Am I, am I right in that? And that is sort of a cost plus. In other words, it's very transparent, as you mentioned. So am I right in that, uh, in that thinking? Yeah, I think that's a really great analogy. With an interchange plus pricing model, the advantage for the business owner is that in a similar way to, to what you're explaining, you're only paying for the cards that you're actually processing and you're paying as close to the hard cost from Visa MasterCard for those cards as possible. So when you're using a basket rate model, um, or, or, a, or a fixed rate model, like you would see from a solution provider like, say, Square. If it's a card present transaction from Square, and the example that I provided before of the interchange rate of 1.7%, on a interchange plus pricing model, the merchant would have paid 1.95% for that card. But on a basket rate or fixed rate model from Square, for example, that uh, merchant would have paid 2.65% for that same transaction. So you can see that there's a substantial distinction. There's a three quarter percent distinction between what that merchant would have paid if they were on the interchange plus pricing model, as opposed to the basket rate model. And the reason for that fundamentally is that a basket rate or a fixed rate model from a solution provider like Square, what they're doing is they're saying, okay, well, you know, we can't charge a fixed rate of 1.95% because what about a card that costs more? So when they provide a basket rate or a fixed rate of 2.65%, what they're essentially doing is saying, no card is going to cost us more than 2.65% to process. So we'll charge 2.65%. And then we as Square will make the spread on those less expensive card types. Whereas if you as a merchant go with interchange plus pricing, you're only paying what is an appropriate amount based on the actual cards that you're processing. Got it. Got it. So a more expensive card could be one of these Platinum Plus where people are getting 1% cash back or a whole bunch of points to go and fly somewhere fancy. Someone's got to pay for that and it's the merchant. It's the salon. Am I right? That's a, a good analogy. Um, generally speaking, Cards that have more points and um, perks uh, and cash back rewards are considered for if you were using, say, a tiered rate model, those would be considered non qualifying card types. And just generally speaking, within the industry, interchange rates are higher on those business cards or cards with those extra points and premiums. So, in the end, the merchant pays more, generally speaking 
for cards that have more points and premiums and rewards, just like you've indicated. That's correct. Well, my grandmother always said nothing in life is for free. Um, I just I just did some real quick math here, total back of the envelope. But if you're doing $1,000 a week, taking two weeks vacation, let's say that's gross revenue, and you're doing it all through credit card processing, uh, that's $50,000 a year. A 0.75 difference is roughly about $350 a year. Just real simple math. I know it's not very scientific, but still $350 a year is what could be bleeding out um, really for no benefit to the business, you know, if you're if you're just simply doing credit card transactions. So it, it does add up, right? And then if you're doing it for 10 years, that's three and a half thousand dollars. That's, you know, whatever it is, it's a it's a nice little vacation or money you could put towards your uh children's education or a number of other things, right? Absolutely. Especially today, um, you know, with, with costs going up across the board, any opportunity to keep money in your pocket as opposed to, you know, giving it away to, you know, a foreign bank entity or processor, um, you know, any opportunity to keep that money in the business owner's pockets, I think is a, is, is a really great thing. And, you know, that example that I provided um, isn't even the, the whole story. So for example, Keeping with the Square example, uh, if a merchant was to key a transaction into Square, that's 3.4% they're paying now. So, you know, the costs can increase depending on the nature of the transaction processed. Oftentimes, the cost reduction opportunities are even in excess of, of that number that, that, that we quoted. This was kind of a bit of a back of the napkin sort of thing. And right. of course, the other thing to mention is as a business grows, you know, might find that you know, a business that's a salon is processing hundred or hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. The opportunity for cost reductions, you know, continues to grow as the amount of credit card processing increases as well. So certainly, you know, any opportunity for, for cost savings um, and any opportunity to keep that money in uh, the business owner's pockets instead of the bank's pockets is is a good thing. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. In our industry, we have a lot of individuals who are chair renters or individual uh, companies within a salon, let's say. Is there a good starting point for people who are just starting out renting a chair, um, maybe working three, four, five days a week, but not doing full-time, full-volume, full days? They've got children that they have to get to and from school, or they've got other responsibilities in their lives but they will eventually go on to more of a full-time opportunity. Is there a good starting point for them when it comes to credit card transaction equipment and choices? That's a great question as well. So first, I can mention that we see this in two ways with salons. Some salons that we've worked with in the past are happy to accept payments on behalf of the chair renter and remit those funds to them. So there are options available in the marketplace, and I can kind of take you very briefly through a couple of potential workflows. So workflow number one is the customer goes to the front counter and executes payments, and that payment is tagged in the system to a particular chair renter, and then those funds are remitted to the chair renter by the a salon owner on a regular basis. Uh, option number two is there are payments hardware options where the chair renter can actually have their own merchant account, which has essentially allows the funds to go directly into the chair renter's bank account and the fees be direct, um, 
debited directly from the chair renter's bank account. And that can be tied into one payments terminal. So, you know, there's, let's say that there's, uh, you know, five different chair renters in a salon. The customer goes to the front counter. The front counter says, oh, you had an appointment with Denise today. Oh, yes. The uh, clerk selects Denise from the list of, um, you know, chair renters. Uh, and then when the transaction is processed, it goes directly into Denise's bank account and the fees are removed directly from Denise's bank account. So that's called a multi-merchant account or multi-mid terminal deployment. And then the third option, which I think is what you were initially kind of contemplating, would be that the payment is accepted directly by the chair renter and the customer avoids having to uh, communicate with the clerk at the front counter on their way out. And in that case, there are a number of different options that, that you know, the chair renter could have right there with them. Option number one would be a virtual terminal system. And I alluded a little bit to this earlier on in our conversation, uh, but a virtual terminal only system would run on an app on their phone or on a tablet or, or even on a computer. And that sort of system can be available with no setup fees and no monthly fees and just a pay-as-you-go sort of model. Uh, one of the advantages of that sort of system is that you don't have to buy any hardware. You don't have to worry about having any hardware. You don't have to take anything around with you except for your phone. Uh, the other cool thing about those sort of systems is you can store credit card numbers in them securely. So you're not actually storing it in your phone. You're storing it in the PCI Level 1 certified servers of the um, virtual terminal provider. And so what that means is, um, you know, you have a regular client, she comes in every week for, you know, a trim and, uh, or, you know, you're a nail, a nail salon, and she comes in every two weeks to get her nails done. And you say, Oh, hi, Cindy, uh, should I just charge this to your credit card that I have on file? Cindy says, yes, she doesn't even have to pull out her credit card, you don't have to worry about any sort of hardware. Uh, when she leaves afterwards, you just log into your virtual terminal, you pull up Cindy's account profile, uh, you charge her the 150 bucks for the service, and uh, Cindy receives uh, an email receipt uh, directly to her email address or phone outlining the, the payment that she's made. So those, and of course, you can also take a credit card number right there from the customer um, and key it right into the system and, and accept payment that way too. So a, a lot of great options with a virtual terminal system that doesn't require any hardware and, and can be a really great way to get going if, if you don't have much in terms of, uh, you know, payments uh, transaction requirements. The next option is, is you know, the a square type of system or a system where there's like a mobile reader that connects to your cell phone or tablet via Bluetooth. You can usually tap transactions to those as well as insert cards. And then the pin gets entered on the phone. Uh, so like on the app that, that is controlling the device, those can be good systems for people if uh, it's the right fit for them. Usually you have to purchase the hardware and then you pay the, the per transaction fees for the uh, for the transactions. And then the, you know, third way that people are, you know, very familiar with and comfortable with is a actual physical payments terminal. Those payments terminals usually will come with printer paper in them. Um, that's one of the distinctions between a solution like a virtual terminal or a solution like a traditional dongle that's attached to your phone via Bluetooth, because those sort of solutions don't offer a printed receipt. So if you're the sort of person that really wants to offer a printed receipt to their customer, or you believe that your customers are going to be most comfortable using a more professional solution like a physical payments terminal, then that would be kind of the next step. 
next step up would be a physical payments terminal that includes a printing option. And those would be the three options I would suggest for somebody who's renting a chair if they wanted to manage the payment acceptance themselves. Lots of options. And certainly you could grow from one to the other. So you could start uh, with the basics and the simplest, and then you could migrate as your career advances to something a little more sophisticated and tailor it to your brand and your marketing and your clients. And just it can grow with you, right? Absolutely. And also considering these options from a salon owner's perspective can be valuable. Uh, from a salon owner perspective, you might choose to offer the option to people renting chairs from you to um, leverage your infrastructure for payments acceptance. Um, or you might not want to, or some people who are chair renters might say, hey, no, I'm bringing my own. Or some people who are chair renters might not want to have to worry about that and, and might really appreciate that the salon owner has a solution that could be a fit for them. Lots to consider, both from the practitioner's perspective, as well as from the salon ownership perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Just want to wrap up here on something that is not equipment related, <laughs> because it's a lot of bells and whistles and uh, hardware and stuff. Um, let's talk a little bit about the importance of excellent customer service when a terminal goes down. And it can be really nerve wracking when you've got a client and they're all fixed up and they're ready to go. And then you go to turn to your payment system and it is kaput, not working, won't boot up, whatever it is. Can you just describe to us the importance of that ability for members, our members and hairstylists and skincare technicians to be able to quickly connect with customer service and have their problems resolved. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Nothing is more frustrating than having a technical issue when you're looking to accept payments. And certainly when you're making your decision about what payments provider to work with, working with someone who takes customer service seriously and has a track record for providing good customer service is one important consideration. Sometimes as important as cost. Sometimes just having the cheapest possible thing doesn't necessarily mean that it's the right fit for a, a particular business. And so service and support is one component to payments acceptance systems and services that you know needs to be part of the decision-making process. A few things I could mention in terms of specific payment terminals and reliability. So when we talked about the virtual terminal system a little bit earlier, those systems don't rely on any hardware of any kind. So providing you've got internet access either through Wi-Fi or through cellular connectivity you will be able to process payments through a virtual terminal. So some businesses choose to have a virtual terminal system in place, whether they have another payment system or not, because it's a great backup. If you're in a virtual terminal solution that has no setup fees and no monthly fees, and it's just pay-per-use, it's a great backup because even if you have a payments terminal in your hand, if you, know, you drop the payments terminal on the floor and it shatters into a million pieces, you know that you can log into your virtual terminal on your phone app and still accept credit card payments from your customers and, and not miss a beat. It's nice to know that you have that as a backup and many businesses choose to, to do that. When it comes to payments hardware, there's always the potential for a hardware failure. For example, like I said, maybe through physical damage and you know, having a virtual terminal as a backup is a great idea. And you know, you have to be aware that 
obviously, just like with your cell phone or with any other piece of technology, you want to try and keep it safe, right? So, uh, you know, you don't want to be dropping it, you know, and, and, and doing other things that can cause potential damage to it. So one component of reliability is hardware failure. Sometimes that can be caused by a defect in the hardware itself. Sometimes it can be caused by, you know, impact caused to the hardware. Um, but then there's also reliability of the systems that you're utilizing. Sometimes payment processing systems uh, suffer downtime periods, and that is, you know, really, really frustrating for merchants who are relying on those systems. Ideally, uh, you'd be working with a processor who has local offices or representatives that um, are available to support you in the event that something's not working properly, so you can get some troubleshooting right away, figure out what the source of the issue is. If it's a hardware issue, then getting someone down there to replace your hardware right away is really critical. Um, not having to wait on hold for 20 or 30 minutes or 60 minutes is, is really nice. Um, nothing more frustrating than uh, being there with a client and having a, a problem, the transaction is not going through, pardon me, the transaction is not going through, and then having to call your processor and sit on hold for an hour. That That's not a a great um, sort of uh, thing to happen when you're when you're staying there dealing with a client. In terms of customer service, you know you'd be looking to hopefully work with a team that has no automated phone tree or that is going to be responsive to you if or when you have issues. Uh, you want to make sure you're working with systems that are are reliable that have limited downtime. You sometimes might want to consider having a backup solution in place, like a virtual terminal from an alternate provider so that if you do have an issue with your core solution that you do have a backup available to you so that you can limit your your potential exposure to, to downtime events. And of course, you know, you want to try and uh, take good care of your hardware because, um, you know, in the end, it's, a, it's an important tool for, for doing business, just like a hairdryer or anything else that you're using day to day. So, you know, just doing your best to try and maintain that equipment in, in working order is, is also, uh, you know, of course, really critical. Absolutely. I always recommend to people to keep your big latte well away from your machine. You never know when it could get tipped over, right? Exactly. And one thing to consider as well is different processors that you'll work with have different return and exchange policies for hardware in the event that there is damage that's occurred to it. So make sure you're clear um, with your provider on what costs you might see in the event that that day latte does spill on your terminal. Um, and, you know, make sure you're working with a provider that is going to have, um, uh, you know, acceptable terms and conditions to you in the event that, you know, you do suffer a hardware issue of some kind. And, you know, make sure you run through that with your your representative and say, hey, well, okay, what if this happens? What do I do? So, you know, the terminal is not working. What do I do? Okay, well, if the reason it's not working is X, Y, Z, whose responsibility is it? What sort of costs are associated with that? Um, and what can I expect in terms of replacement timeframes? Uh, it's important to know that information as a business owner so that it's not a surprise in the event that something does happen. Absolutely. Those, those are really good uh, words of advice. Chris, it has been a real pleasure chatting with you. You are the expert in this sort of thing. And this is a complex thing. I'm sure many of our members would love to connect with you and learn more. So tell people, how can they reach you? Oh, well, um, as a, a proud partner of uh, the Beauty Council. You can find us uh, through the Beauty Council's uh, website and, and communications. Uh, you can also uh, search for us as um, Kubera Payments, so K-U-B-E-R-A Payments, 
Uh, we're a local BC-based team, and, and you'll be able to see our website. And we have a dedicated landing page on our website that's um, dedicated just to Beauty Council members. So you can always take a look at that uh, landing page, get a feel for some of the special, uh, unique offerings that are available to Beauty Council members if, if you choose to you know, look to our services. And, you know, our recommendation is always start with a phone call with with one of our expert dedicated team to review your unique needs. And then from there, we would put together a proposal that outlines our recommendations based on our communications with you and next steps if you were to move forward. Sounds great. Uh, We will also, of course, post all of this uh, information on our website and have it available. Chris, once again, thanks for all your help and expertise today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it, Greg.